0: What's up, fight freaks and geeks? Welcome to another episode of Two and a Half Fighters. Here is your boy Mills, obviously, as usual. And today we have a special treat for you, a special guest. One of the most talented broadcasters in the game, one of the voices of the UFC, Mr. John Gooden. How you doing? How you doing, man? Yeah, really good. How
1: are you? Very good, very good. I got uh, Julian here, one of uh, the co-hosts of, of the show.
0: What's going on, John? Nice. Hi, Julian. How are you? Not bad, yourself? Yeah, doing good, thank you. Beautiful. So, uh, we're calling out from Montreal today. Beautiful little snow on the ground. Where, where are you calling from today, John?
2: I'm just north of London in a town called Radlett.
0: Radlitz, you got snow over there yet? So, we're, we're, I'm about 70 minutes north of London. You got any snow yet in London, John? No snow,
2: no, no, snow no, no, snow. no. It's getting pretty cold, but we're, we're, um, we're
0: above
2: freezing right now. How about you guys? Uh, you oh, guys yeah. We already, out?
0: we already had a snowstorm over here. Oh, no way. Well, like, oh, yeah. you know, if you're going to have winter, have proper winter. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So uh, last night was UFC Southpaw.
2: Did you get a chance to watch that uh, event, John? I haven't seen. I've seen a couple of the fights I haven't seen at all.
0: Um,
2: so probably not massively well-versed on on that show.
0: All right. Well, uh, did you get a chance to see a little bit of Jockery's debut on light heavyweight?
2: I haven't seen the main. I haven't seen the main and the co-main. I tried to get through some of the performance, uh, some of the fights with the performance bonuses, and I've been cutting through a few things. That yeah, I've just got back in. I've been out all day today, and I didn't uh, to
0: stay up last night. All right, not a problem. So uh, we're just curious about your rise to you know, how you became who you are today. And uh, so, when did you realize that you had the skills and the talents, you know, to be a a UFC commentator? Or I know you do so much commentating for a lot of different leagues and organizations, but how did how did that journey start for you? Uh, That's a that's a big question. So if I if I start with how
2: it how it started for me, so I I'm part of a fight team, and I ended up doing some commentary for my coach's own show, we had a a reporter come down from a very small TV network on one of the shows which I was uh, helping out on, cornering and things of that nature. And uh, they they did a terrible job of representing the sport. And I I said to my coach, look, can I do this this reporting role? It's kind of a backstage role, just uh, interviewing people, etc. And he said, well, I've got no hold uh, uh, or kind of input with what this station's doing with with the shows. But I'll tell you what we could do with it, then that's some poetry. Uh, now, I had harbored some ambition to be a TV presenter when, in my early 20s, and I actually was working for the BBC here in the UK trying to make that that dream a reality, but it never came good for me. And and weirdly, at the time, I, I specifically remember that they were trying to recruit like apprentice commentators, if you like. There was a uh, a scheme where they were introducing people where they would help them on their commentary career path. And I completely rubbished the idea back then. Uh, And Fast forward, you know, some years and and I found myself commentating on mixed martial arts and it just seemed like a a natural fit for what I was trying to achieve with the representation of the sport in the UK. Quite far behind North America... Uh, and Brazil, I would say, and it was just such a bad, a bad response from the media to the sport, and I was training at the time, competing, very close team, and I just felt like the, the people that I was around just weren't getting the props that they deserved, so yeah, I sort of tapped back into my ambitions of delivering information, if you like, and the rest is history.
1: wow that's crazy because we're massive fans of you and dan hardy to be completely honest every time there's a big fight my favorite show and i am being biased is inside the octagon i love that segment that you and dan do it's so insightful and it just educates the people who want to get into the fight and the the hardcore fans too, gives them a better outlook of how what is possible during that specific matchup like that's my favorite show like, of all time, I would probably say. That's
2: very kind of you to say. Yeah, well, I'm, I know both Dan and I are very proud of that show. It was born maybe five years ago, and it was actually our European production manager who just enjoyed listening to Dan and I break down fights. And I guess more about that was more me challenging Dan. Like, I have my own ideas and things like that, and then Dan would come back, and she... Then decided uh, that we'd make this this MMA show, which is very similar to what they were doing in soccer uh, over here in the UK. So, so yeah, it was really just putting a camera on the conversations that Dan and I were having around these fights, and then giving Dan an outlet to illustrate more specifically and just make it TV ready and it's obviously evolved and developed a little bit more and refined and you know that the screen has become a, a big part of the production if you like the, screen, the screen's growing we've gone from like a broom cupboard in one production house to now uh, being at the IMG studios in London with a with a big old setup. I'm not saying we necessarily need that but it's it's kind of cool to see where it started from to now we're side by side with a lot of the top uh, presenters and a lot of the top sports stars uh, that come through the IMG building. It's, I, I personally think it's it's really great to see mixed martial arts uh, in the studio next door to soccer, for example, or uh, I think we have Amazon Tennis as well. So, yeah, I, it's great. We, we feel the love from the fans uh, on this one. We regularly get over a million views, so we, well, uh, we feel there's a great responsibility uh, to deliver the, the best that we can with that show. Dan watches, and um, Dan watches an obscene amount of fights uh, in order <laughs> yeah. to, to deliver one of these, one of these shows. I watch as many as I can as well, but don't go as far back as what he does. And then we, we chew it over, you know, he has his ideas and then I, I come with mine and, and then we, you know, we get, we get the show. And yes, yeah, it's just a lot of fun to do it. It's given, it's been really good for Dan and I as a broadcast duo, more for like for commentary. Now we have this other show which puts us together um, more often, if you like. And, yeah, it's been able for us to kind of understand our individual strengths and things of that nature. So, it's yeah, there's been a good byproduct is what I'm trying to get
1: at. Uh, well, the chemistry is like out of this world. You know, you talk a lot about yeah. like uh, of Rogan in DC and the name that became kind of like... Obviously Rogan is kind of the guy who started the commentating the MMA. He he opened the platform and doors for a lot of people. But you and Dan, yeah, every time yeah. I know there's an event and I know that Dan and John are on that, like you just watch it because it's that, that chemistry like like no other. Like how, how did that chemistry start and, and how did you and Dan Hardy, you know, meet and become this close? Well, I think I think personality
2: type does come into it if I'd be said. Sure kind of bold as to say I'd I'd like to think that I'm an approachable I'm an approachable guy who who likes to make everyone feel at ease in the room and so Dan's that way as well and I think that I have to say that the biggest reason why it works is, is because Dan gave me the respect before he even knew me he was willing to listen he was willing to allow me my space on a broadcast um Talking about a sport to quite some technical detail sometimes when he didn't even like, have no idea how I had qualifications for it. So, and that, that needed to happen very early on, like from screen testing, just to see whether you know, he was going to allow me that space. And I think that he did, and he could see that I was a real student of the game. I, I have my own way that I like mixed martial arts presented. As I said before, it's different in North America to what it is in Europe. We're we're quite far behind, so we've got to be a little bit more careful with our language. We have to layer the educational elements quite a bit. And the other thing that I think is absolutely key with commentary, particularly in sports, is storytelling, and I just didn't feel like, not necessarily the UFC stuff, but other promotions and fight shows that I was listening to more locally, they weren't doing that. And that means that you've just got fighter A versus fighter B. And you're still very much open to all of the usual criticisms that the media would try and put forward. But if you give a backstory and you give a reason for people to, uh, to support an individual, then, then you're going to grow a fan base and, and, it, and there's going to be more engagement always around. So Dan and I agreed on, on these sorts of elements. And then, we become too pushing in the same direction, and that just deals. Um, As I say, you know, we're very we are lucky that I think we share a lot of similar interests. He's hilarious, you know. I, I, we we get on, uh, and that's genuine. You know, we we speak. We spend a lot of time together during fight week. It's not just work stuff. We I now train with Dan a fair bit. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's really good. It's been. I've been really lucky. I'd like to think that he would say the same about me as well. And, but more than that, you know, we're, we're still trying to represent mixed martial arts and we're definitely pulling in the same direction together.
1: Wow, that's amazing.
0: So, John, you and Dan obviously have witnessed so many great moments, you know, across the world commentating fights. I know, again, coming back to Joe Rogan, one of his moments that he said, you know, wow. Like, a really big wow moment for him was maybe Diaz submitting Connor McGregor the first time they fought. I was wondering, do you, I know it's hard to answer, but do you have one moment commentating or watching live? A moment that you just said, like, what the fuck? You know, the moment that really blew your hair back and, you know, a bone-chilling moment. I've got quite a few. It's really difficult for me to identify. I'm, I'm one of those
2: guys way, like, I have a shocking memory, believe it or not. Unless I'm kind of prompted, then something comes back and, and the life goes on. But I have to say, the the 2014 Dublin event when Irish MMA just exploded, of course, kind of headlines, uh, right. but all of the other Irish fighters were successful and then you've got the adopted Irishman in Gunnar Nelson as well. The... What that created that night was just unbelievable. The atmosphere, just the fandom, the the spectacle of the the whole thing, the the intense atmosphere, that really was mind-blowing stuff. So that will always stay with me. Uh, On a personal level, I got to commentate uh, Joanna Joukjevic versus Jessica Penea. That was a world title fight. And uh, Joanna put on an absolute clinic. That was quite yeah, gory, if you like. It was, it was a heck of a fight. And yeah. I think that was, that was very big in Europe at the time it was in Germany. And there was some, uh, there were some pressures about mixed martial arts and, and trying to not ban it. But they, there are a few people in like authoritative positions that didn't particularly like the sport. And all of a sudden <laughs> the main event is a female fight, which I think is Really cool. Yeah. I've been a big advocate for uh, for female uh, mixed martial arts and sports in general. But very early on in my commentary career, we, we had a female fight. to a headline act. So uh, it's always been something that I've enjoyed. And to see that go down in Europe in a place where it was a bit controversial. And then you have this, this crazy fight, which probably didn't help, if I'm honest, when it got mm-hmm. that much blood. Uh, but at the same time, it just goes <laughs> to show how entertaining, uh, technical... And everything else. So, so that was cool. And, and then recently, on the same note, we got to see, we weren't commentating, but Dan and I were on the desk when, uh, Wei Li oh,
1: won yeah. the world
2: oh. title. Yeah. And you're in China, we were there, and we went to a bar straight after the fight. So let's say, t- let's say two hours removed from that fight. And, uh, we spoke with a guy there, a local guy, who showed us a clip that, that had over two hundred and fifty million views of the finish of the fight in just two hours. And when you're there and you start tasting the scale of something, like the UFC are onto the UFC are onto something big here. Yeah. I mean mixed martial arts of course, yes, but the UFC have that champion now. And she's such a she's such an interesting um character. I really like her it's, you know, it's a shame the language barrier isn't ahead, but At the same time, it's it's quite charming because the translation uh, isn't always directly ha- as we would expect it to be. And, and I quite I quite enjoyed that. But yeah, that, that was a, a recent moment, if you like, that I
0: was uh,
1: blown away by. Do you do you think that the Irish fans, like w- when you were there, brought more energy, or did you find when Darren Till fought home in Liverpool brought, like what 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 feel did you get more out of uh, out of bull crowds? If you could compare, I know it's very difficult, but if you could, no,
2: it's, I I was I'm going to have to go with the the Irish crowd. It, it was it was insane. It really was insane. It was a little bit different because the venue's slightly smaller. I think it's like nine ten thousand capacity. I think it was called the Three Arena. Oh, uh, whereas in the Echo, you you can get more. I think it's more like I think it's nudging kind of 15,000, I believe. I can't okay. quite remember. But it's certainly a slightly bigger venue and it just didn't have that pressure cooker um, in a good sense. And I just remember the beers going in the air uh, and it was constant, constant cheering. And, and that's the other thing. So Ireland is even smaller than, than England, if you like, and there were so many local representatives on that card in that building. Um, and a lot of those representatives were from Dublin as well. Whereas at Liverpool it was very much Darren's night. It was, it wasn't Irish mixed martial arts night or, okay. English, or English MMA. So, so there was a, there's a slight difference to it. But all the same, I think the walkout that Darren put
0: together yeah. was oh my God. One of the most formidable walkout <laughs> that I've ever witnessed in my life. We, we love that walkout, sweet carol. I mean, it was our friend's wedding in the subway. We chose sweet Caroline to walk out to. So I mean, oh, think, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I did luxury of, I went to New York, actually was there to watch uh, Jorge and Nate and well, I walk cool. out, even, even in New York. Fuck. And I can only imagine Liverpool, how crazy that must have been. Yeah. Pretty
1: cool to have been in New York
0: though. So, right, of course. <laughs>
1: We, we, we saw lately, John, that you tweeted for a message to Santa. And honestly, we would like to do the same thing about this Whitaker versus Till matchup. Could you explain to us how possible that fight is? And if there's any chance of it, would you be able to be commentating since both men are, are over, coming from overseas?
2: Yeah, listen, it looks like Whittaker's down because he's responded positively to the, to the call out. And yeah. I think timeline works pretty well for Darren. It would seem so. Uh, everyone in the UK is always looking at that that March month when the UFC might put on an event in London. It typically is London as well. So, so Darren's got to be the guy. After his win that he got, he's going to be the headliner. And, and just as a side note, when I, when I heard that Darren's moving up to middleweight, I, yeah. I really was keen on him fighting outside of Europe for that first experience because if you put him in Europe in such a big star the likelihood is he's going to headline which of course means five rounds mm-hmm. and I think he needed that experience of three rounds um you know to really feel his body and, and see how he would get to, to, to debut in a new weight division over five rounds it's, I mean, I don't know how much, it depends on how, even if he's positive or negative, the information you're going to get, I'm just not sure that you go into your next camp with all the knowledge that you need, without changes, et cetera, et cetera. So it was important for me to see that he went and did a three-round fight, but coming back, I mean, still, it might still be, I of i need to be talking about a five-round fight, but then you've just got to be in Calvin Gasson. So you're you're not going to be, taking on anyone less than someone who's got title credentials. So it, it makes sense in the rankings. It would be great to see uh, Robert Whitaker come over to the UK. UK, Australia, uh, New Zealand, we, we have very close ties. There's a lot of very uh, good sporting rivalries across rugby and cricket as well. So, um, so it, And it's fun. It's, it's not like horrible rivalries as well. So it would be really cool to have that over in, in our neck of the woods, and of course, you know, I've, I've gotten to co- commentate on every single one of the London cards uh, since I joined the UFC in 2014. Uh, it would break my heart if I wasn't able to be there at the O2, if, they, if indeed they did that fight. Break or, or, like, <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> that. So, and I, you know, I think that, um, I think it makes sense, you know, it makes sense if, if it's Dan and I, um, or, or, me and someone else if uh, who knows Dan Harden's talking about making it come back it would be a, <laughs> the appropriate card for him to step up on so yeah, I've got to prepare them. I might not have my, my number one guy if he likes sitting next to me but whatever happens you know, I, I, I've got to be there I've got to be
1: there Do you think that's going to happen? Do you think that Dan is, is very serious about making this return? Yeah I
2: do Yeah well I'm certainly seeing it during fight week he's he's definitely Working out more. Um, I rolled with him, I think three times in one week. Can't remember which show it was. Uh, not the last show we did, the, the one before that. Uh, then in Russia, he was hitting pads as well as doing some grappling. So I can see, and, and, these are no secrets, by the way, because he's putting it all out there on social media. Uh, yeah. I can see that he's trying to, he's trying to get himself in, in that mindset. And, and again, you know, this is a bit of a secret, but um, something that Dan wouldn't mind me sharing. He's been going out to the Octagon, when, even when we've been commentating or, or working on a show. He goes in early and he, he goes <laughs> and has a little move around in the Octagon doing some shadow boxing. And, um, sometimes he's in the changing room as well, I kind of just to be to do his own thing, um, let him have that experience for himself. It's a very individual uh, spot. So yeah, he's been doing all of these things recently which makes me think and I look in his eye and I can see there are some differences at the moment. So I think he's getting tuned up. I don't know what, I don't know who, I'm not sure, and he certainly doesn't either. But even so, I think he's just, um, he wants to, you know, get ready. So uh, we we'll stay ready so I does not have to get ready. Wow,
0: that's amazing. I know we we would love to see that we were watching that already back in the day. All oh, of his fights, he's only come. Hang. even GSP hasn't gone his way obviously but what a fight that was
2: yeah and I think with, with Dan he's he's lived through a different time in mixed martial arts you know there wasn't the kind of money that was around um, yeah. when he was competing I'm not saying that he does it for the money by the way he, he truly doesn't but even so it's it's very much part of it. it would be nice I think for, for me as a fan and friend of his to see him enjoy some spoils of uh, of actually competing again. And now he's got a, probably a bigger profile almost than what he did before because mm-hmm. he's in front of the fans you know, almost weekly uh, sometimes with all the stuff that he's doing. Um, and his role as an analyst, and this is what he tells me, has really allowed him to sort of reverse engineer a, a lot of the strategy we've seen it with inside the octagon you know he goes to mm-hmm, yeah. such deep levels in how he's preparing for things to to the point where and this this is inside information but he will he will almost put on the gloves of the fighter that he's looking to uh, research and he will, wow. he will hit the bag and he will shadow box in the way that he sees that they move so he's almost taking removing himself from it trying to become them so that he can understand a little bit better uh, the nuances of their movements. So with all of that, he's picked up a few tricks that he's seen in some of the fighters that we've been researching. And, you know, I, I, the decision was never his in the fact that he hasn't been out in front in the octagon again. Yeah, yeah. It was the doctors that said, no. So Dan's, Dan's got unfinished business internally. So, uh, with that in mind, I think, I think it's really important as a friend of his and someone who, you know, has seen what he's been through for, for these years, that he gets that out. And I think he would like to see, you know, what he can do with, with this new knowledge that he's got.
0: I think you're 100% right. I mean, like all the commentators that are fighting, well, some of them lost their titles, of course, actually, now that I think about it, most of them, like Cormier, Bisping, Cruz, Woodley, I mean, it's not a coincidence that they're commentating and analyzing the game from afar. Then they're able to perform so well with the octagon. There's got to be some correlation, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. I
2: mean, those guys are—you're uh, talking about the, the very best of the best there. And, yeah, uh, even speaking to Felder, you know, we we've we had conversations, yeah. and yeah, he definitely uh, again is seeing the benefits of of analyzing a, a lot of tape on fights generally. Because you, when you're researching for stuff. You're, you're not researching, uh, you're not researching it in terms of the first person. You're removing yourself and your own skill set, um, and all of those, those pressures. And you're just seeing X versus Y. And that gives you a new perspective, apparently. You know, I'm, I'm not obviously someone that's had to really break down fighters and things like that for my own purposes in the past. But that's what these guys are telling me. And that's different to then looking at, you know, Barbosa. If you're Paul Felder, and you look at your own skill set and what you can bring to the table, as opposed to you then say Habib versus Barbosa, and then it it opens up a whole new a whole new look, a whole new perspective.
1: Wow, that's so true.
2: Yeah.
0: Nels, uh, you think we we'll, want to jump to that lightning round?
1: I love the lightning round, and I'm excited that John is to be part of this lightning round.
0: Yeah. So John, we do a little thing called, do a little thing called lightning rounds, just five quick questions, uh, and okay. then will go back and forth. You up for it? Alright, so first, you've been all around the world, I know you mentioned this uh, before a bit, but just, what are some of your favorite locations or maybe arenas to commentate from? Uh, my favorite place in the world is Sydney. Um, I think one of my
2: favorite, uh, arenas was the olympic stadium in russia uh, which has now been uh torn down uh so that was that was one of the favorite arenas and uh definitely i love sydney sydney's my favorite
0: spot beautiful
1: what do you think about potential nick diaz and jorge Mosby doll fight
0: i don't know about this i
2: really don't know about this that was that was a, a difficult interview to follow um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Diaz brothers. They've done so much for the sport um, in many different ways, popularity-wise, but even even from like marijuana and cannabis use, etc., etc. They they are ingrained in this new yeah. era of of mixed martial arts. And Nick's been away for so long, and Jorge, I think, has got a, a really really solid roadmap towards the title right now that it would just it just sidetracks from that, so uh, I, I'm not sure. Listen, I, I'm I'm down. I'm down if if <laughs> it happens. Of course, I'll watch, but but I, I also feel that Jorge has a, a very good road laid out that he's earned, where he can he can challenge for that
0: gold if he so wishes. Yeah, we we love the Diaz brothers here too, but I mean. After seeing what Jorge did to Nate and Nick being out for so long, I, I don't see it going Nick's way, that fight. I just think Jorge is completely complete for yeah, him. I just can't see the UFC putting that together either, if I'm honest. Yeah. Do you think there was anything alarming with that interview? I know even Luke Thomas did a whole breakdown of that interview. I mean, from, uh, just watching him, like the way he speaks and his mannerisms. Do you think there was anything concerning with that, or it's just Nick Diaz being Nick Diaz?
2: Well, yeah, and because he's been away so long and because we're, our minds are just bombarded with so many other interviews with incredible personalities that we have in the sport and plus everything else that we're consuming, it's hard for me to actually remember what he's, what he's like generally speaking. Like, can you recall many long form interviews that Nick Diaz has done in the past? Because no, a lot of the true. stuff that I've seen seen him do has been you know in the lead up for fights and just after the fights and we don't get detailed kind of monologues from him so I don't know what, what I'm benchmarking it against it did seem like he was a bit all over the place now what I mean by that is he had a lot to say and maybe he's just not the best guy at ordering that and and then expressing himself and I think he even said that a little bit so I don't know. I, I did see that Luke Thomas has posted something. I haven't had a I haven't had a chance to to watch that. But yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one. I, when I was watching it, I was just a bit confused. It, it wasn't like his mind wasn't sharp, but at the same time, listen. It, like, when did they ever? When did either of those brothers sound like they were like firing like in
0: millisecond precision? Every <laughs> word was pronounced accurately. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I, I 100% agree. But it's super entertaining nonetheless, though.
2: Yeah, it's,
0: it, it's interesting, you know, and, and yeah. I don't know. I don't know what he smokes before. I'm, I'm sure that those guys have come to settle themselves down a little bit, so. Yeah, yeah. Alright, so uh, jumping back into the lightning round here. Uh, you watched Conor McGregor from back in the day, Cage Warrior days. What do you think is next? C-Mac. Well,
2: I think he comes back to mixed martial arts. I think he comes back to the UFC octagon. And, I mean, just looking at the landscape right now, it, it looks to me like, what, cowboy? That, that's a fight that really makes sense. Uh, the fans would like it. You know, I, I know that Conor's looking to, to, to get back to Habib, but Fer- that Ferguson fight's going to happen first. So with that timeline in mind, like, I think Connor looks like he's back in training uh, quite consistently. And, and if I was, if I was his manager, I would like to get him something soon, you know, so that you can keep him, keep him interested in that. Cause I would imagine that Connor has a lot of things in his life to distract him. And I mean that in a positive way. He's got many businesses. Sure, there's all sorts of opportunities that are thrown his way. So, uh, to keep him focused and, and get him ready for, uh, for a fight, then the timeline needs to be a little bit sooner than, you know, waiting to see what happens with Habib and Tony. So, yeah, Cowboy, I mean, there's a few others out there, but I like the look of that. That, that could be Gatesheath, you know, that, that's another good one. Felder, I think, has even said as much. Any of them. But I think he fights in the lightweight division, uh, and, you know, he said early next year, I think that'd be, That'd be great. What a way to kick off
0: a year to
1: see McGregor back in the octagon. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> can only hope. That'd be great. Uh, our next one is, we know you're a big nutrition and healthy living guy. And what is your ideal cheat meal of the week?
0: Cheat meal.
2: So I would have to go with mashed potatoes, uh, baked beans, which is a staple over here in the U.K., and I would pair that up with then some kind of, uh, like plant-based burger or plant-based sort of sausages or, or even, um, like some fake chicken nugget type things. Something like that would, uh, w- would be good for me.
1: You sold me. I'm going to have that right now. I'm going. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the way to that. <laughs> that was beautiful. Good man.
0: Good man. <laughs> All right, last one. We mentioned briefly Dan Hardy return. Would you feel comfortable commentating his fight, or you know, being so close to Dan now? Would you would you not want to do that? Too much too much bias, maybe being ringside for that. No, 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 no. I've been I've
2: been been commentating on fights for teammates. That's I started calling fights on my teammates. I've called fights on coaches before as well, Um, and they're guys who you know I see as like. You know, they're, they mentors. So, again, uh, again, is, he is a, he's a mentor of mine in many respects. And I'm very, I can definitely, re- like, position myself effectively, uh, to do that. And I would, uh, again, that's something, it would break my heart if I wasn't a part of the broadcast, uh, for Dan's return. Um, in some capacity, I'd love to be able to give my, my views and, and experience that kind of thing for when he finally does step back in. So. But yeah, come on through, that problem. Sign me up. So Dan Hardy fight as a fan fails, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. So well,
0: I think uh, that's all we got
1: from Mills. You want to add anything else? Uh, the only thing I want to add is, John, I really appreciate that you took the time to come on the show. Uh, like I said, you know, a lot of people here in Montreal, especially me, Julian, and uh, and Chris, we are massive fans of Inside the Octagon, and we're we're not joking when we hear that there's a card and you and Dan Hardy are on that Uh, a lot of times there's a couple guys that we don't know yet but we do it because you guys are such great educators and commentators so we thank you for educating all of the hardcore fight fans and influencing people who have never watched MMA to now become fans you couldn't give me a greater compliment it's
2: it's what it's all about you know It's, it's about representing and uh, if you guys out there and your stuff think that we're doing so and think that I'm doing so and helping open that up to the guys I'm working with then yeah I don't need any more than that thank you very much I, I appreciate you uh, finding those words thank you
0: right. John when can we expect the Inside the Octagon for UFC 245 we're dying for it over here
2: we're getting we're getting geared up I think I'm, we're in the studio um, in a few weeks so yeah, 100%. That's coming your way. I, I think we're only, this is how it happens now, but we only end up doing the main event. Um, that's all I've heard so far. It seems crazy Seems that we've got three title fights, but um, I right now I think it's only the main event that we'll be doing. But, you know, fingers crossed we might be able to, you know, push and pull a little bit and see if there's, if we can, for the last one of the year, you know, pull out all the stops. Wow.
0: Beautiful. Okay. Well, I just want to echo what my uh, co star just said. Thank you so much. Super insightful, you and Dan and everybody else working so hard, you know, to grow UFC all around the world, but very appreciative of you coming on today and hopefully to talk
1: again soon.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, guys. I enjoyed it. Thanks, John.
1: Thanks so much, John. Have a great day.
2: Awesome. You too. Have a good one. Don't get snowed in, guys. Wrap up
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh, We'll try.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah, all the be best. You. Ciao, John. Thanks. Bye.